0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the War Memorial Opera House and the San Francisco Ballet Meet the Artist Program, uh, produced by the San Francisco Center for Dance Education. I'm very happy to be here today, and I'm even happier to have as my guest, Principal Dancer, Lorena Feijal. Thank you. You You all must be ballet lovers when it's such a glorious day out, and you're still here, so thank you. My name is Cheryl Osala, and I'm a writer for San Francisco Ballet and editor-in-chief of Dance Studio Life magazine. Uh, for all you podcast listeners out there, today is Sunday, February 23rd, 2014, and I'd like to welcome you as well. Many of the Meet the Artist interviews are available via podcast at sfballet.org. So if you've missed any and want to catch up, you can go do that there. And you'll also find other things that will help enhance your San Francisco Ballet experience, like photos and videos, the company's blog, Open Studio 455, and other adult education events. As you hear, we're gonna have some piano accompaniment today. My guest today, Lorena Fejo, has been a principal dancer with San Francisco Ballet since 1999. And she's brought her steely grace and dramatic expressive style to many dozens of ballets. Before coming here, she trained at the National Ballet School of Cuba and danced with the Cuban National Ballet, Ballet of Monterey, Royal Ballet of Flanders, and the Joffrey. she has danced major roles in every full length classical ballet, most recently Giselle, and works that run the gamut from Kenneth Macmillan's Winter Dreams to Mark Morris's Sylvia and Lar Lubavitch's A Fellow to Jerome Robbins' West Side Story Suite. She has danced at least 14 ballets by George Balanchine, 10 by San Francisco Ballet Artistic Director. Helgi Thomason, seven by choreographer-in-residence Yuri Posikov, and five by Val Caniparoli. She has been a frequent guest artist at galas and with companies worldwide. She was nominated for the Benoit de la Danse Award in 2011, and she received an Isadora Duncan Dance Award for Best Ensemble Performance for Don Quixote in 2003 dancing the role of key Tree. If you're just coming in, my guest today is principal dancer Lorena Fejo. So Lorena, uh, you're at the heart of Val Caniparoli's newest work, Tears, which had its world premiere uh, last Tuesday. So the, uh, the, kind of the driving force behind this ballet is the idea that all people and things are connected, and um, you know, Val happens to talk about his ideas a lot in rehearsal. Not all choreographers do. But I wondered, when you're doing an abstract ballet like this, where the ideas that you're working with aren't necessarily going to be displayed on stage overtly or in any literal way, how, is imp- how important is it to you to have those ideas to work with?
1: Uh, I think it's crucial because even if there is a movement and not a story per se, um, you can give meaning to that movement. In in Val's case, he's a really approachable choreographer. He never imposes anything, so that's uh, a true beauty to work with. It's um, really—he's very accommodating and very—he likes the collaborative effort. It's not just about his own ideas. it's wonderful. His idea of, of, for this ballet is that this, uh, we are living a global experience and that the many wars and things that happen in the world today happen because people are so divided and the thinking is so divided and at the end we're all human beings and um, they care for example for one of nature's most valuable elements which is water. So you will see uh, during the dance a lot of reference to catching water, to looking at rain, just going through your body, um, uh, and very—I mean—in many occasions, he plays with that, and uh, the ending is almost like if we don't all pay attention to this, we'll end up in this dry universe. Um, I think his movement is self-explanatory um, and beautiful and intricate in, in many ways, um, but it's also always fundamental to know what inspired them. Um, the music is Steve Wright. You, you haven't um, talked about that, but I am just gonna make this uh, just a little reference because I know part of uh, sometimes the people know being absolutely uh, you know, overwhelmed by it is because it's not for everybody. And Val was so wonderful at asking me before he started the process, what do you feel about this score? And I said, if you want my honest opinion, I think it's beautiful and it has really beautiful moments, but I don't think it's for everybody. So if you're trying to please everybody, you might not conquer that. And he said, you know, I thought about that, but I have a list of scores as a choreographer that I have. Um, I keep finding things that interest me and drive me. And I have been wanting to choreograph on this score for a long time. So I will appreciate if people understand why I do it, And you have to respect that. I mean, I I even said to him, your big hits are always melody. You know, Lambarena, for some of you that that know his work, and uh, Ibsen's House, which is another wonderful score. And he said, yes, but I'm gonna take a chance. I'm gonna take a chance on this one, because to him, sort of like the repetitive, and you will see it, uh, of some notes or the sounds, uh, gave him the idea of when it rains for three days, and sometimes it's really strong and you hear it in the soil and you hear it on, on your roof and sometimes it's very quiet and you have to really be silenced or in the middle of the night you're like, is it raining? So he said that that idea really captured his, um, his interest.
0: Well, since you brought up the music, you know, one of the things about the Steve Reich is, as Laverna mentioned, it, it does have a repetitive nature to it. Um, and it doesn't have as many dynamics and as many as what we call landmarks, in other words, knowing where you are in the score, and uh, that changed things in rehearsals because to save time instead of trying to find places in the score, Val often worked in silence and then fitted the movement to the choreography later. So I, I just wondered um, what, what that process was like for you, because that's, some, that's quite different from the way Val normally works.
1: Yeah, it's unusual for him, which is why I respect why he kept his vision,
0: you know, although
1: I said it might not be for everybody. Um, and in fact, it's not. I hope you, you, um, I think there are many places uh, that is very enjoyable, and in fact, I think as the ballet goes on, sometimes the repetitiveness of the music makes you really focus on the visuals, like you really get into the movement because the music doesn't have those landmarks or ups and downs so much. So um, having that said, it is challenging to, especially when you start rehearsing, know where you are. Sometimes you have to go all the way to the beginning until they really sort of mark the music and the person that is kind of like rehearsing with the machine, also it's a challenge for them, ballet masters usually. As you go on, you sort of start recognizing those sounds, believe it or not. So by the end of the process, you pretty much know that there is like, Even when they're playing slower or the conductor one day chooses to go a little faster, you know that you're about to be late for the one that you will hear. So um, as as you do it, the more you do it, the more you recognize the tempos. But it was certainly more challenging than having a melody where you know what you're doing in every single note.
0: If you're just coming in, I'm chatting with principal dancer Lorena Fejó. Now, one of the things about the music, um, you know, it's got this almost hypnotic quality and I think for audiences you just get kind of mesmerized and drawn into this, which is wonderful. But in performing it, how does that work for you? Do you find that without the dynamic range you need to rely on the choreography more for that emotional aspect?
1: Absolutely, I think because it 's almost like meditation if you if you really hear it for a while it 's almost like you just have played something that makes you sort of meditate and go inside, and I feel like you can't uh, you don 't have the luxury of doing that with the dancing i think the it 's completely the different approach, uh, otherwise you would all fall asleep i think <laughs> you know, and the point is to keep you awake, so uh, I think the dancing has to be uh, driven and have this almost like pride and conviction. You know, the dancers, which I think he really conquered. You, you will see that um, all the couples and uh, the four guys are, are really amazing and uh, they bring all their best and their strengths out. And I think that's, that's what really the piece calls for. And Val is all for that. I mean, he told us, never just listen to the score and get peaceful. This has to be, you know, um, a driving force. It has to be meaningful because he said that is the only way the choreography will look honest and will look uh, like you mean it.
0: One of the things you mentioned was how collaborative uh, this process was, uh, which is typical of Val, but, but he did use what I would call structured improvisation more than he typically does, asking the dancers to work with him in, in developing movement. Um, and I wondered what that was like for you. I, I'm sure it's rewarding, but it might also make learning the ballet more difficult because you're functioning on two levels. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I
1: feel like Val has um, immersed himself into many different art forms and lately has been working with theater a lot, with the American Conservatory Theater. And he expands that way as a choreographer. And I feel like um, when we started the process, he came with certain pictures of uh, famous photographers and told us, uh, just do certain gestures that these pictures inspires you on. You know, what would you do looking at this picture? If I would tell you improvise for me, eight counts. So I think every dancer that participated in the process did a little bit, and, and some of those movements that you're going to see are that, the, the dancers sort of creating them. Um, so in that aspect, it was very interesting, and you know, uh, Foresight does that quite a bit. You know, he uses improvisation a lot, and he really gives the dancers, he would say, you have 20 counts to do whatever you want here. Or, you know, based on the pas de deux the duet that you saw earlier, just kind of, uh, I would say, uh, recycle certain movements, and although you don't have a guy to do them, mimic them and pretend that you have a partner. So stuff like that gives a lot of freedom and of expression to the artist. And I think um, once he got that, then he uh, used it, but it was kind of like organized chaos. It, It was not just like do your thing in this case. It was like he really went from that inspiration and kind of put it in certain places of the ballet.
0: Yeah, certainly a difficult process, but a really rewarding one. So, you know, you have a very long-term working relationship with Val as you do with Helgi Thomason and Yuri Posikov, and I, I wondered if you could talk a little bit just about as an artist, you know, working with someone where you develop this mutual understanding of one another, how does that affect either the creative process or the rehearsal process depending on the piece?
1: I think is great, and it's like a marriage. The more you live with the person, the more you know what they're thinking, even if they don't talk. Um, I feel that uh, you can bring the best out of each choreographer. Let it be Helgi or Val or Yuri or whoever comes. But you know, the house choreographers give you that advantage that you have been there with them for a while and. You understand, sometimes Helgi does something and you think, oh, I think this is what, what he means because I have done it enough. Yuri is the same, sometimes he would, he has very funny ways of expressing because he's so Russian. So he would just say, cancel arabesque, and you know, or like something like, but uh, a very Russian from himself expression and you can totally translate it in what he wants. Sometimes for the newer dancers, I have caught myself going, he means this. He really saying that, but what he really means is that, the other. Um, and, and it's beautiful. They each bring their own personality to the piece, and uh, I feel like we're very fortunate when pieces are created on us. It's, it's a true gift. Um, Val, in this case, I have uh, worked so much with him. Um, Sometimes he does a step and he does it to the right, but he's a lefty, so he tends to change everything to the left. And I'm like, there, you're doing it again. We're supposed to turn to the right, but you're doing it to the left or it's the other leg. So that kind of thing. Um, Or if he gets, like, stuck for a second and doesn't trust it, you can tell him, don't worry about it, you know, go home, think about it. You'll be back tomorrow and you'll create so much faster, because that happens when you're tired, you try to accomplish something. And I learned that from my mom. Go to sleep, get your, uh, your mind together, and then you will be way more productive. So it's truly, a, and in this case, he's such a wonderful human being too, that it makes you want to work for him. Uh, he's funny and humor, it's always welcomed by me. I don't know all of you, but I love to laugh. And uh, he's very funny in the studio. At the same time, he's very focused. So you really get the best of both worlds. He never comes unprepared. Uh, you don't ever feel like you're wasting your time. Um, so it's it's truly a gift working with him. It's, uh, and his approach to the dancers is not more because I say so. It's what do you think of this? Are you are you okay with this? Or if you say, well, this you know this preparation for this lift is really uncomfortable, can we do a faster chasse? Or can we do? Anything? He's like, of course, you know, show it, and um, yeah, that works. So um, it's it's a wonderful wonderful thing. He's always uh, never puts you down. Never, um, he really is th- thankful to the dancers that are working with him that are giving uh, their best. To his piece and his choreography.
0: I think it's great when you're both starting from a place of, of confidence and comfort too. You just, I think that's part of why he can be like that. You know? right. So um, you and I actually both identify with a quote by the writer Leo Tolstoy Love it. which is, um, art is a means of transferring emotion from one person's heart to another. I wondered if you can identify the point in your life where you understood what this art form really meant to you?
1: I don't mean to be not humble enough, but um, I don't think there was a point where I understood it. I think I understood it from the beginning, and that's why I wanted to do it. Um, Having my mother, which was a ballerina and became a teacher against completely, because she said that this career had so many downsides and so many suffering, especially for girls, because every girl wanted to do it. Um, I just felt like uh, maybe because from an early age I was uh, brought up into this world of music and dance, and that inspired me. So, Meaning that even though um, I didn't know a name of a step or I understood the technical side of it, all I wanted to do was express myself or, or just show what this music did to my soul. So. I love that quote because it says um, how you transfer these from one heart to another heart, which means through your eyesight or through your vision, you get what is given to you, but it goes to a different place in your organism, in your person. And I'm all for that. I am all for the performance side. I have seen many wonderful performances. Technically, you can't say anything about them. but they haven't touched me. And that to me is the main ingredient. This is a performing art uh, form, so you are all here to be entertained and to forget anything that happens outside or inside your lives. So if an artist is not able to transport you to a different place, I don't think your mission is accomplished. And uh, I think because the technique develops so much these days, and dancers are able to conquer so many steps that they were not able to conquer in older days, Um, the focus has shifted tremendously. And I, myself, very humbly have a problem with that. I feel that no matter what you do, even if it's a ballet with no story, there is something to show. Your passion for the music, for the steps, what the, um, whenever somebody's a little lost and is younger and they ask me, I don't know how to interpret this, I tell them, listen to the score. Listen to what the music is inspiring you on. So that's why for me it's very difficult to um, watch a just technical performance. I feel that bug should be in you since you are a little person. And if you don't have it, somebody good should get it out of you. <laughs>
0: Certainly, you know, things in in life affect you as an artist. Um, You deal with that. You bring those things to the stage with you. Um, In your case, you had a really major one a little while ago. You took a leave of absence from the company because you had a baby. So I wondered if you might talk a little bit about just what it was like to come back. Number one, you know, of course, physically getting back in shape but also just tacking on motherhood to a performing career.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Truly challenging for a dancer, not just because
1: of the changes in your body and your fear of the unknown, a little bit like how am I gonna be back? Am I gonna be okay? Is my back gonna respond? Um, Just back because it usually affects um, ballerinas in general when they are pregnant, and I thought, this is a funny note, but I thought that your back was affected because um, just was the nature of the changing the body, but it was not really that, it's because your stomach pulls so hard that after the third month, you can't lift your leg in arabesque. It's almost because you feel like you don't have enough skin to like, you know, (laughs) to, to bend. And I, I said to Tina LeBlanc, which had had like two kids, I'm like, nobody ever told me that actually the back gets back, not because it's just the back, it's because your belly doesn't allow you to stretch your leg behind you. So all of those worries, like, am I going to be able to come back and be okay? And um, how am I going to split between motherhood, which is so different, and, and not ever having that kind of responsibility? Um, and I think, well, number one, I have a great support system. My mom takes care of my baby, so that's a true gift. Um, but I also feel like they just put things in perspective and they, you see the big picture, you know, you're like, oh my God, that's what real life is about. Because we kind of live a little bit in our own bubble. Uh, you know, <laughs> Let's be honest, this career, and it's not intended, is this career takes, so, so much focus and so much love and so much... Let's say um, this is not a five o'clock type of work where you just close your computer and you're like, ah, see you tomorrow. You just go home with everything that has happened during the day, With if you were casted or not for the next ballet or the next program that you wanted, or how late are you to learn all the steps for the next uh, ballet because somebody got injured. Sometimes uh, this particular company calls for Your attention, even when you go home, you have to like play a video and learn steps at nine o'clock or ten o'clock because you don't have the luxury of time. Because we share this opera house with the orchestra, so our season, as you all know, is truly compact, and we learn this stuff that you are seeing during the summertime. So this is a little bit: you put it in the trunk and then you get it out and. You have to be very present, and sometimes just to sort of be in peace when you're performing, you have to visit the video and learn it on your own. I mean, to be able to perform it in the studio next day with quality. Um, So having that said, the time gets even more limited, but you find a way. I think, like everything in life, you get used to, and you see the upside or the bright side of that, I, sometimes I'm really tired and just think of her face smiling and it makes me just glow and keep going or sometimes a step didn't truly work out the way I wanted and before I used to have in my save on mea culpa for like two days, you wouldn't let go, oh my God, that silly arabesque that I couldn't stay or, and then now it's like, what? What? It's all gone. We'll have tomorrow and... Uh, it's, it's just a beautiful thing. You learn from them. You learn from kids so much. From them being so candid and not having a filter and just being honest. And um, you get mesmerized at the amount of stuff that they learn in the first year. To walk, to talk, to hold. It's just uh, a true discovery every day. And there is somehow a certain piece that you acquire. I don't know if it's maturity because you gotta be a mom, and um, I have been always. I had. I have always been inclined to like take care of people, and finally, you have this little one that you know that you uh, adore to take care of, and so. I just think your priorities shift, and although I love what I do 150 percent, I have this piece about. This is not my life, you know. Uh, it's great because it's a great part of my life and it has been my life for for all this time and uh, but if something happens i won't hold the grudge cr- you know forever or you know i won't hammer myself for not staying in that one step it's uh, you really see the big picture <laughs>
0: I'm going to open this up to questions from you now. Uh, we do have limited time, so I do ask that you keep your questions brief and one per person, please. So the question was about uh, Cuba and whether she has a chance to go home and... Uh, and give anything back there?
1: Um, I am so Cuban, although I have been gone uh, for nearly 22 years, 23 years. Uh, My essence is that, my roots are that, and um, I truly keep connected. I never really wanted to defect the country because I knew it was gonna be very hard to get back, and the laws have changed with the years, as you probably know but I didn't want that separation even from the beginning. I wanted to be able to come and and go as I wanted and of course I have kept connected with uh, the ballet. Uh, Whenever we can we donate shoes or clothes, uh, things that they need and uh, whenever I can I inspire choreographers that are starting that are not uh, completely money-minded to exercise the gift of giving uh, their talent to a country that will embrace it, to, that will uh, do their choreography so well, but that doesn't have the meaning to maybe pay an expensive uh, fee for them. And you will be surprised of how many people do that. So, um, But more than anything, I bring my country and what I learned there in my heart. I feel fortunate and I thank them every day because at the pace that we work to put a ballet like Giselle together uh, next to this contemporary rep, it's very challenging and I felt like I was fed all the information that right now is vital, you know. My school made me learn French and made me learn... uh, I had to paint and study music and piano and uh, folklore for Lambarena, uh, character dances for when Raimonda comes and you know how to clap and you know how to put your, uh, you know, without much explanation how to place your arms. And those are things that are, um, y- there is never enough money or gratitude to pay uh, back or to pay for. So I-, I feel very fortunate that I got that information w- when I was growing up and that today I can apply it when there is no time.
0: Uh, yes. Lorena has uh, been included in some movies, is there anything on the horizon in that regard?
1: Um, you know what happens, the movie industry is, is very hard. You gotta be sort of there, in this case Los Angeles, the place where most of, of the things surge and happen, And it's very hard to uh, sort of do both, do the season here and be there. Um, I go to certain events. I certainly have done after that movie with Andy Garcia two independent movies and the project of Valcani Paroli uh, of America. I mean, uh, American Conservatory Theater called Tosca, which was very uh, fun and interesting. And I did it with Pascal Mola, the other principal dancer, uh, French dancer of our company. And I love it. It's it's uh, what I love the most about this job is really not the steps. It's really converting or just metamorphosizing into something that you're not, you know, changing and one day being Giselle and next day being Kitri, which is completely the opposite. There is no languid, there is no hard uh, weakness, there is the opposite, you know, earthy and happy and coquette and, and uh, then um, Raku completely different character, I feel that that's what drives me the most uh, in this career. It's not necessarily the technical side of it, which I feel is given to you as a tool to be able to be free and, and portray the character. I feel that technique should be solid so that you don't have to think about it, that you can just be an artist. One more, But I'll let you know, I'm sorry, if anything comes up, she'll keep you
0: informed. <laughs> One more very quick. Um, I was wondering if you got into more short or full length ballets and why? Do you do more short repertory works or full length ballets and why? First,
1: let me tell you that it's so beautiful to see this little man here in the theater on Sunday watching this and being so interested even in this talk that most people your age wouldn't attend. So, true gift. And then, uh, to answer your question, I think I prefer full-length. I mean, there are short works that bring something very special out of you. But I feel like full-length gives this sense of accomplishment to a dancer, like when you go and see a fantastic movie. You know, it's, it's... It touches deeply your soul, and there is a thread that you start and you finish, you know, uh, in the second hour of you being sitting here. So I think it also gives a chance to the dancer and the audience to exchange uh, many things, you know, energy and feelings, and um, it certainly has you there two hours, two full hours, and you can truly show all your range of colors, and I tend to like full length. Honestly, it doesn't matter if they are contemporary or neoclassical or classical. I tend to like full length, although I don't take the merit away from short works that I think are really interesting, and I mean, the more you can do, if you can mix them both, is ideal.
0: We are out of time. I wanna thank you very much for being here tonight. Thank you, Lorena, so much, and enjoy the performance.